Welcome to the podcast. We're so glad you're here today. We're here with uh, our friend up in State College, Pennsylvania, Rebecca Sagan. And uh, Beck is a starting strength coach. She's been a starting strength coach, what, a couple of years now, something like that? And, um, uh, yeah, almost two. Almost two, two years. Two-ish. <laughs> and uh, she's in rural Pennsylvania. And uh, um, we're going to talk to Rebecca today about uh, several things, but primarily we're going to talk about her experiences with actually getting people to actually do the actual program <laughs> that she actually prescribes to them in her practice. Beck, what the hell is going on? You know, I've been in rural Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and uh, oh yeah, oh god, what no. part? What part, Rick? Driven all over the place over there. Uh, well, you know, our 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 buddy Raculia is over in sure. uh, uh, Latrobe, and yeah. which is rural, kinda. And you know, you get out of town, you drive around on little county roads, and the, <laughs> it's beautiful. It's just absolutely beautiful over there. Mm-hmm. Little rolling hills and big trees and uh, fall color, and I'm yep. sure they're seeing that now. You guys are probably yeah. seeing that now. It's the and best time of year here, <clears throat> for sure. I flew into Philadelphia one time, a very, very long time ago, uh, visiting a girlfriend I had up there at the time, and flew into Philadelphia about the first week in, in November. And <clears throat> all of the, uh, I guess that was a late color year, that year because all of the trees were still in foliage and the whole place under the airplane looked like the damn thing was on fire. It was was the (laughs) color of your shirt. It was just beautiful. (laughs) God almighty, the whole thing was gorgeous. It was just tremendous. We don't have that in North Texas. What we have here is 70 degrees, 70 degrees, 70 degrees. Trees get kind of tired (laughs) and yellow looking. And then when it goes down to 25 and everything falls in the floor. So it's, right. it's not a, you know, it's, this is not a fall color area. Right. But, well, the only uh, problem with fall here is that it doesn't last long enough. It's definitely the most beautiful. You got about three here. weeks. Yeah, it seems like it. Maybe a month yeah. if you're lucky. If it's a good year. Yeah. But well, you're beautiful. out in, where is uh, State College? It's in uh, Central? Um, right in the center of the state. Right. Um, we're about three hours from Pittsburgh, three hours from Philly, an hour from Harrisburg. How, uh, so like pretty much right in the how middle. big is the town if you don't count the students? About 40,000. 40,000. So, yeah. uh, and you really don't ha- have access to a lot of students anyway, since they've got, uh, they've got facilities on campus to train. So you're dealing yeah, with a, a market of about 40,000. Right. Uh, so people walk in, and I would imagine that your little market there functions about like our 100,000 market does, because I'll bet you don't have 45 different little gyms that have suddenly jumped up in the past couple of years like Wichita Falls does. No, not too much. I mean, there. I think uh, we have a couple of CrossFit gyms and okay. well, um, a couple does? of functional fitness places. Yeah, yeah. And then um, there is a there's a gym downtown that's like an anytime fitness type place. Yeah, they're going. But up there's everywhere. not a lot. They're like mushrooms. They just yeah come up out of the fecal material in the yard. The right. Anytime that's fitness cool. places. So uh, what you've got there is kind of a small market, kind of like we do. 
So you see a, a, a probably a representative sample of uh, people walking in the gym, and you're dealing with the general public just like just like we are. You're not dealing with high-level athletes. You don't really have access to a lot of college athletes because their college coaches have access to them. You probably don't have access to a lot of high school athletes for exactly the same reason, because their coaches will not relinquish control over their training. That's uh, true. You know, it, it, just as an aside to that, I've heard uh, an ad. I spent a lot of time driving and listened to the radio quite a bit. There's a franchise going in now uh, that is trying to uh, scare up a bunch of business in, uh, in high school and junior high athletes. And, uh, you know, it's, it's best I can tell exactly like Velocity's model 10 years ago. They're going to they're gonna right. open up a field house looking gym with stripes on the floor and everybody's going to do agilities and throw medicine balls and slam balls and play around on the floor and stuff. And this right. is going to make everybody's college, uh, high school athlete want to come in and train with them. The only problem with that is that their varsity coaches are not going to let them do it. So you guys that are talking about this franchise, <laughs> thinking about opening it, you better keep in mind the fact that <laughs> you don't actually have access to your target demographic. And that's a hole in the business model. So... Uh, Right. And as Beck will, and, and Nick and everybody around here will tell you, we just don't have any, any high school athletes in here. We're right. dealing with the general public. And right. one of the reasons that we know this program works is because if you can get it to work on the general public, I'm talking about people with 15-inch verticals, uh, then you can get it to work on anybody. And that's generally who uh, gym owners deal with. That's our bread and butter is normal everyday people with jobs that want to be stronger. And these are the people that we sell memberships to. These are the people we do business with. It is also the people we have to figure out how to keep coming to the gym. Um, That's right. First off, how do you get them to start the program, Beck? Well, to me, that is almost the hardest part sometimes is because um, you have people whose ears are full of a lot of noise of the fitness industry. Um, a lot of times the women are coming to you with um, aesthetic goals of, you know, wanting to look this way or that. But most people, um, and they might even say they want to get stronger. They might think lifting weight sounds like a good idea for my health. And when you begin to explain the program to people, um, they right away are like, that's it? That's all? Um, and it just Five blows. exercises? That can't be. Right, right. It blows That can't mind. be. Why, well, I've heard about <laughs> all these moves in women's health. Right. And, and actually, uh, aside moves. from that, Rip, I, I forgot. About, we got contacted by a small university, um, like a Division II baseball coach. And he was new to that area, new to the school, just a, a school up, uh, near us here. And he was like, um, I have this weight room, but I don't know how to use it. And he goes, I don't know anything <laughs> about strength and 
conditioning. Well, that would He's be. He's like, do you think you can that help would me? Put him, that's, that said, makes him exactly like everybody else in his business. <laughs> I don't know why he needs to feel bad about that. Well, you'll love this because I said, sure. I was like, we would be glad to, to get your, because he said, I'm having my guys do push-ups and sit-ups. He's like, that's all I know how to do. And I was like, well, you probably want to get them strong. <laughs> you know, and I kind of told him who we were and what we're about. And so he said, this is great. I want to tell the other coaches at my university about this. And he went oh and talked to his AD. Oh, God. And um, the AD, I wrote a letter to the AD and everything. Um, but the AD decided, I can say this because the AD is not there anymore, I think. But the AD said, um, I appreciate your offer to, you know, help our coaches explain how they can improve their strength and conditioning program. Let me guess, but we've got this. Exactly. We've got this. They got some football coaches who know their way around a, a weight room. So, so that's that's where those We've that poor baseball team got left in the hands of some assistant football coach. Yeah, yeah at a Division two school, but standard deal. Mm -hmm. Standard deal. That's normal state of the uh, normal right. state of the strength and conditioning industry <laughs> at the college level. I got to tell right. you exactly what words were in that letter. <laughs> I tell I'm you sure exactly you what the man said to you, and it's just <laughs> because it's that's that's typical. That's right. anything else would have been weird. Right, that's true. Right, I was not anything surprised, else. but um, it was worth a shot, I guess. Well, it was, but but, but we're not concerned about people like that. Really, we're concerned about the uh, that we're we're concerned about the AD's um, secretary who comes in. Right. After she gets off at 4.30, not right. 5, but 4.30, and, uh, and comes to your gym and wants to, uh, uh, I mean, she read your offer, and she's, she's kind of interested. She thinks, she, you know, she's mm -hmm. read enough uh, stuff on the Internet about, about this sort of thing. People get curious. They go to the Internet. They read. They've, she's heard the term strength. Uh, and she comes into the gym, and what do you do with her? Well... Um, I, I explained immediately that we're going to put you on a linear progression and we're going to teach you the proper way to use this barbell to get strong. We're going to use, well, at the beginning, we're going to use four exercises and we're going to load the bar a little more every time. And, um, she is usually like, well, which exercise is going to work my core or I really want to get rid of this. <laughs> You know, the like the flabby arm thing. Yeah, the, the, the tricep fat. Right, right. So we have to have a conversation about the difference between, you know, uh, body fat and getting stronger. And I and we have a conversation about why strength is more important to her health. Um, and that should be her primary focus. Sometimes um, if they're not getting it, we got to just say, hey, let's try it and see. And we get them under the barbell. Um, and, and unfortunately, um, a lot of times, pe because people aren't coming to you because they don't know they need to get stronger, sometimes it takes experiencing it for someone to really get it. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of times as, as coaches, our job is to really say, let me show you what I mean. Because um, when you explain the program to people, most people haven't even um, ever trained for anything before. Like, you know, most of the time they've been, I'm, I'm a runner, I walk. Um, so this is a totally new concept. That they you they don't really even understand how we're using the term training. 
They really exactly. don't. They don't. They don't have right. the slightest idea what we mean when we say that. They think right. gyms are to exercise, and right. when they walk into a situation like like we present them with structure and right. logic, a limited number of exercises executed perfectly, and a variable being the load on the bar, they uh, this is for most people, the vast majority of people. This is for the vast majority of athletes. Being honest. The first time they've ever experienced this approach. And I right. think it's incumbent upon all of us as coaches uh, that coach this system to understand that guys, gals, we're not gonna appeal to everybody. Right. You know, we're we're dealing with a narrow subset of the general public that is intelligent enough to understand uh, the concept of logic itself, uh, the way logic has been applied to this program and the fact that when executed correctly, this program works for everybody. Not everybody is going to understand that, unfortunately. So we're not, we don't have access to the broad general public. We are narrow casting, essentially. Right. And when people do not understand when they do not stick with it, when they will not start this program, that's perfectly normal. That's, that's to be expected. And right. what we as starting strength coaches uh, following this system must understand is, is that even though it works for everybody who will start it, without exception, it works for every person right. who will try it. Not everybody can be expected to understand it, and not everybody can be expected to follow through on the thing. Right, and I think that's where I've grown as a coach. I, I'm much more direct now than I was maybe when I first started training people because I tell them, this is different than anything you've heard before. This, this way of training, this is a commitment to changing yourself over a long period of time. And I'm gonna tell you things that you're gonna think don't sound right at first or are unlike other things you've heard. Because in central Pennsylvania, in this rural environment, we have a lot of people that are, haven't really tried any kind of fitness program at all. It's not, they're not um, people who've crossfitted for five years, or it's really your average person who's maybe even never really exercised very seriously. So Same, same here. Same right. here. In any small market, that's going to be the norm. Right. And even that maybe, I want to say, like not, they're just not very educated in the fitness industry as it is. And they just have little pieces of misconception. So I find it's just been more beneficial to be very direct and say, we're different. We're going to teach, we're going to tell you something you've never heard before, I'm sure. And it's probably the best. For, let me show you. And you put them under a bar and you, you get them squatting. And right away they know it's different. I mean, they can tell it's different. Um, and uh, it, they, I think most people become distracted and your job as a coach is, is to keep educating them as to why this program works. Keep them focused. Well, you're a, you're a physical yes. therapy assistant, right? Yes, uh, yes I am. You probably run into the same level of misinformation, lack of education, lack <laughs> of awareness with uh, yeah. the physical therapists you work for. We've addressed Absolutely. this. We've addressed this several times. And I don't want to get you in trouble at work, Beck, but <laughs> how do these people get out of a terminal degree and not understand something as obvious and important as the stress uh, 
recovery adaptation cycle. How is that? Uh, how, I, how do you? Yeah. How do you, how do you guys fuck that up? I mean, this is <laughs> this is perfectly obvious. I mean, right. Celia is taught in uh, every uh, uh, freshman or sophomore, wherever it's taught, exercise physiology class in the world. Yeah, right. you guys fail to appreciate the ramifications <laughs> of that and its adaptation, uh, its its application rather to uh, to strength training. What what right. do you what's what's going on there? Well, I mean, I guess um, I I didn't go to PT school. Obviously, I went to PTA school, so I, I can't exactly say what they learn in PT school, and I'm sure it varies from school to school. Um, I'm sure Dr. Petruzio isn't teaching the same thing, but um, no, he's not. I uh, I think that the I mean we know even from the fitness industry how much terrible research there is out there, and I think that the physical therapy field is is just as polluted with the same. Oh, it's a wash in right. the same academic limitations that, uh, and and stated in a nutshell, uh, academicians don't have access to clinicians' experience. And right. academicians are in charge of training clinicians. This is a problem in right. every profession. Right. And uh, I mean, how many times have you heard the construction superintendent bitch about the architect? It's exactly the same thing. And it's, right. it's, it's uh, uh, a function of the education system. We're not gonna change it today. Mm -hmm. uh, it, probably will never get changed because you've got two sets of competing interests. Um, and this, this is true of every profession. And uh, right. you either well, outgrow I, that as a practitioner, you either outgrow that limitation or you don't. And, right. And in my experience, um, working with PTs that, um, you know, they give me a goal of, of increasing a patient's strength. And they watch me and I go about it very differently than they do. Um, they, uh, I, I tend to do, you know, systemic stress on my patients as far as, right. I mean, obviously if you're dealing with someone who's very de debilitated, we're working on just standing up out of a chair. Um, but I, you know, I've had 84 year old guys deadlift. Um, and the first time I did it, I had a PT kind of freak out a little bit, um, because she thought, I think she thought I gave him like 100 pounds or something, but it was 30. They don't um, seem to understand, do they? <laughs> they, don't, they don't seem to understand. No. All of those people seem to equate the word deadlift with Andy Bolton. And, and I'm not quite sure why they are so badly informed about the state of equipment that is available <laughs> to, to perform the simple deadlift movement. Are you people really not aware of the fact that we have 10 kilo bars and five kilo training, five pound training plate? Do you not know that we could start somebody off on a deadlift with 35 pounds instead of 405? Do you not right. understand that we can match the load to the client's ability? Do you really not understand right. that? I don't think you do. So, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm tired of talking about that, but uh, at any rate. Yeah, but I mean. So I, we've, I, got, we've got, you know, anybody that comes in that's ever been exposed to these types of people are going to walk in with a bunch of baggage that right. you 
and I and everybody else in this profession has to unpack. And it's, uh, uh, it, it is, it, it, what it, one of the primary things that it does uh, that's inconvenient to us is it adds a bunch of time to the initial appointment, right? <laughs> yes, but that's true. But one of the, one of the <laughs> more destructive things that it does is it prevents a lot of people from allowing themselves to understand what it is that we're telling them we're going to try to do. And yeah. uh, it's, you know, I think on the whole, all of this physical therapy-based shit, all this functional training shit has, has had a very, very bad net effect in that it prevents a lot of people from trying what it is we're telling them to do, from, from trying right. to get stronger, because it, it just blocks the concept from, well, from, there's the, just a, from there's, the start. Right. Well, and there's a there's a a whole lot of dismissing the point. Right. Like people assume that their back pain, their knee pain, their shoulder pain has to do with something else, and it's really a strength problem. I mean, that's really that's really the reason that they're sore every day. Ninety-eight percent of the time, right? People with back pain uh, have that pain uh, diminish or go completely away when they start deadlifting and squatting. But you can't tell their doctor or their physical therapist that. And the reason you can't tell that right. to their doctor or their physical therapist is because those two links in the professional chain lack the experience and they lack the information. Because they're not gonna to listen to us, are they? Mm -hmm. They're not gonna to listen to us. They won't even listen to their patients who come back and say, you know, I've been deadlifting for the past, three or four years, and before they even get to the period at the end of the sentence, doctors go, ah, you go, you'll kill yourself, you'll die, your back will, this explosion, pieces of bone fly, you know, and they, you know, they're, even, they're right. not willing to listen and they're not willing to learn because they think and have been taught that they already know. Right. So well, and we had, a we had a guy one reason I'm passionate about getting people under barbells is because I feel like the physical therapy profession, doctors, we're just woefully um, un like underservicing people. Yeah. Um, as an example, um, we had a client who had a disc surgery. He's a guy in his 50s. Had never really been an exerciser, never lifted weights before. You know, thought that chopping wood was exercise, that kind of guy. Yeah. Um, and he liked to ride motorcycles and he liked to ride them on off road. And he had so much pain still after his disc surgery. He had the typical prescription from his doctor to go walk. Yeah. And um, we said, why don't you let us try to get you stronger? He was terrified to deadlift. He was well, afraid because I mean, yeah, anyone who's lived with that knows. You know, it's understandable that, right. that he's afraid of that. He's been well, told to be afraid of it right. by professionals. Right. And it, you know, it's, it's almost counterintuitive that a guy with a, with a painful back should get rid of that pain by picking shit up off the floor. You know, it's, it's, right. it's, you can understand that it's a little right. counterintuitive. And, it you is. Know, and we, we, we just actually had to, to read Mac Ward's article, you know, and right. said, you have to train. You have to really change yourself. So he's been training with us for two years, and he just did a 100-mile off-road bike ride with no pain. And he, um, you know, he's, he's come a long way, you know, he's 
he's probably only body weight squatting. He's got a couple other things going, but for him, that was a big strength increase, and it's enough that he doesn't live in pain every day. Right. Um, right. And it was and simple, I wasn't just feel it? Like, it was simple. Right. It was easy to it teach was. him the movement. Because it's not right. a complicated movement. It's a perfectly natural human movement. And I'll bet you that he reported that about three weeks after you guys started with him that his back was not in pain anymore, didn't he? Yeah, it was. For him, it, for him, it might have been more like six, but he um, would do stupid stupid stuff in between, like uh, well, chop wood. And now we're back to not doing <laughs> what... <laughs> these people not doing he what we tell the them to do. He probably assumed... <laughs> He probably assumed he was strong enough, didn't he? Right. Because well, of the he, wood chopping, right? right. <laughs> he strong would come enough. in and say, people, you guys were right. I shouldn't have done that. People, people and, um, assume they're strong right. enough, aren't, right. don't they? Right. But he did learn. I'll give him credit for that. He learned that, you know, that there was something to this getting stronger thing. And um, as, as a result, he can do whatever he can now without, whatever he wants to do without pain. So it's a... It works. Well, I don't know now that he's say, stronger and he knows he wasn't strong enough, I wonder if he will, uh, I wonder if it occurred to him that maybe he wasn't strong enough as a result of that, uh, that experience. Well, yeah, here, here's another problem, boredom. Right. Like you mentioned earlier, we're just, we're just doing five exercises. Right. You know, maybe not five. For some of these older people, maybe four. Right. All they may ever do is squat, press, deadlift and bench press you right. know uh, i like when, to throw chins in if they're capable i like a lat pull machine if they're not uh, right. or bands or something to simulate that pulling movement uh, for uh not you know power cleads aren't indicated for every demographic so right. the the selection of exercises in our system is not the variable right uh, the loading is the variable the, the rest, the right. reps to a certain extent. Uh, these are the variables, but the exercises remain few and multi-joint and executed perfectly. And, uh, and believe it or not, if you guys will learn how to do it, easy enough to learn how to coach. But clients don't, I mean, they've been brainwashed, haven't they? Moves. They have. Uh, I, I like I, the um, word moves. It's Moves. <laughs> moves. Every right. magazine. Can you show me a move? A new move. For this? I saw this new move right. today. This great new move <laughs> for these things here. There's a move right. for that. <laughs> There's a move for these things. There's a move for first one thing and another. And right. uh, a large collection of moves um, seems to be the uh, substitute for actually knowing what the hell you're doing and in the strength right. and modern strength well, and conditioning it, industry. And that's the one thing in therapy also is therapists feel like they have an exercise for every every tiny little physical problem you might have. And right. um, the problem right. is they, it, it, that it's not progressible. You can't progress most of the moves. You can't you can't if and all of that is derived from this um, fragmented study of anatomy. Here's a muscle. Here's a muscle belly. Here's its origin. Here's its insertion. Here's what it does when it contracts. So that's how we exercise it with no appreciation of where it fits into this giant multi-joint kinetic chain. Right. And uh, I think that's probably, 
you know, this again goes back to physical therapy. Um, this emphasis on all of these bizarre moves in order to achieve completeness in terms of training everything is a result of the idea that the body is composed of tiny little components. And each one of these components must be worked separately. And, uh, uh, you know, on the other hand, here we are telling them five exercises, <laughs> right. four exercises maybe, and they go, Well, and it doesn't, it doesn't make you sound... It can't um, be complicated enough. As intelligent. Right. Well, it's like on the surface, right. it doesn't make you sound as intelligent, right? Like right. if you say, I'm going to have you do the same four exercises for the next year, you know? But and what about my piriformis syndrome? But... You know, it makes it sounds a lot better if you're like, well, you're, you know, I know a vastus medialis oblique exercise that is going to take care of your patellofemoral pain, just like that. Um, mm -hmm. um, so it, it, I get it. I mean, it's it's um, it's jazzier to say yeah. I have, you know, we're going to put you in all these uh, all these different exercises romance. to help your ailments, but romance. It's just not effective. It's right? just not romance. Right. Everybody wants <laughs> romance. Right. And uh, you know. Sometimes what you want is uh, economics. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, yeah, and if, you're t and, if you're and if you're talking bottom line, like what you're investing in yourself, in your health, then you need to focus on the things that really matter and really change you. And, whether they're um, boring or a not. A systemic exercise is the best way to right. get strong and to change your, change your joints, to support your joints, to take away your pain, to... Um, Pretty much any goal you have, if, if your goal is to improve in sport, if your goal is to just get up out of a chair, like it is for a lot of my patients, mm -hmm. if your goal is to continue living by yourself at home until you're at 90 to 100 years old, you've got to strength train. You right. have to. And you have to do it in a systemic, progressive way. Well, and yeah, we know that's boring sometimes, but uh, if you can solve the boring problem, what about the problem... Uh, that we also encounter, especially later on in the training process, of it being hard. Now, uh, it's, it's a lot easier, boys and girls, to do Romanian split squats with three-pound dumbbells on, on, a, on a BOSU ball. It's a lot easier because mm -hmm. it's lighter. But when you start PRing your squat three times a week, and the weight on the bar is up in the 300-pound level, things get hard. It's hard to walk in the gym. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and make yourself get under a PR set of five squats. Uh, it's hard. I know it's the okay. same squat that you did last week, and you may be bored with the idea that, there's, that we're squatting, but you're not bored about a squat PR. What you are is afraid of it. Right. So what do we do? What do we do? Right. Well, I feel like that's where, especially people who are maybe trying to do the program on their own and don't have a coach yelling in their ear, I think that's where a lot of people abandon their learning progression, right? Like the first few weeks is great. It's starting to get heavy, starting to get harder. Um, and just about the point where your, your training is beginning to change you is when a lot of people abandon, abandon it altogether. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've heard a lot of women say that because we've had a lot of women lifters. I personally have trained a lot of women lifters. And I feel like um, a lot of them, 
say, oh, I, I don't like strength training because it, it doesn't relieve stress, it causes stress. Like, I think about it all day, I'm going to have to go in there and face that heavy squat. And, uh, um, and uh, they'd rather go run three miles because, you know, you feel sweaty and you feel like you did something. It's a lot easier. But um, <laughs> it no is a lot easier. It. There's, it's quite it a bit is. easier to run three miles than it is to a set of three PR squats. Right. But I guess... Um, I mean, you just have to, it, it, it really, as a coach, that's what, that's your job, right? Your job is to get people to face their fear and get under the bar and drive your hips. And, and to me, I just keep reminding them, like, if you wanted it to be easy, then there's a million other gyms you can go to. But right. if you want to come see us, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to make you tougher mentally, but physically we're going to change you because we have to make it hard in order to really be effective. Because that's the that. only thing that works, right? Right, and it is tough. I mean, I, I've struggled myself with my squats. I mean, yeah, I know yeah. I've shed some tears, and it's tough, but in the end, it's the only thing well, that improves your health. This is one of the reasons why you want to go to a starting strength coach, because every starting strength coach has done it. They've been under that PR set of five, that PR set of three. They understand right. what you're about to do. They're not asking you to do something they haven't done themselves that they don't understand. Um, right. And it's, it's important to have somebody uh, helping you with your training that is operating at this level of experience. And you don't find that just everywhere. And that's why, uh, that's why we're all busy. Right. right. That's why we're all busy because our, our product right. is of... Uh, of a sufficient quality that uh, people are seeking it out. Uh, one of the other yeah. things that we run into is just plain old native human impatience, isn't it? <laughs> people right. all want it. They want it now. They want it in pill form. <laughs> and they want to, uh, in, in fact, not only do they want it in pill form, they want, they want the water uh, to have a pleasant flavor, and uh, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and as a result, uh, you know, uh, you work with somebody for three or four weeks, and you show them the numbers on the page. Look at the direction; these things are all going up. You are in mm -hmm. fact stronger. Uh, yeah, but I, you know, I've been thinking about it, and I really, uh, yeah, this is what my abs showing. <laughs> I just want to, I want to see some, I want to see washboard abs, like, you know, like a male model, right. you know, like a male model right. and uh, washboard abs are really what I want. And I haven't seen that in these four weeks that I've been here. So I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to start running. You think that's okay? You think I can start right. running with this program? And then you have to tell them. Right. No. Well, I love the person who comes in and, and all of a sudden they can't squat. You're like, what, what's going on? And well, I don't know. And as you talk, you're like, oh, I, I ran yesterday. How far did you run? Mm, I think I did a 10K. Hmm. There's your problem. Um, it, 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 most people don't take, just like most of us don't, you know, people aren't good at saving money and they're not good at following a diet. Um, it, it takes the same kind of discipline to follow this program. Things. That's what they're, right. they're not <laughs> good at doing what your mom told you to do because it's just, the, it's just right. human nature. They're afraid. Right. 
People are afraid, they're impatient, they get bored easily. And all of these things uh, translate into uh, a kind of a problem for us as starting strength coaches, don't they? They, they, We're appealing to a mature, intelligent fraction of the human race. And uh, I mean, even on our board, you know, you guys that are, have read around are familiar with the fact that even those training logs, people that post their training on our board, a tiny, tiny fraction of the people that post on our board are actually doing the program that you, as a starting strength coach, would prescribe for them. It, but it works anyway. This program is so damn defective that you don't have to comply with it 100% for it to work. But if you do comply, like you would under the direction of Beck Sagan, starting strength coach, or any of us all around the country, what you'll get is amazing results. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that most of you watching this podcast will not do it for the reasons that we have talked about. And what I'd like to just close with is to say that, why don't you guys just give it a try? Why don't you try it like we tell you to do it, exactly like we tell you to do it, for four months? Have you got four months? Right. If you've got four months, and you can devote four months to verbatim programming like we tell you to do, forget the boredom. Try not to be afraid. Grow some balls, right? Do the thing like it's supposed to be done, exactly like it's supposed to be done, and see what happens before you just throw the whole thing away and run back to bodybuilding.com. Beck, thanks for being with us. Appreciate your time. No problem. And we'll see you again soon, okay? All right, thanks a lot. And thank you for watching the podcast. We'll see you next time.